0: Welcome to the Stay Hot podcast. This is your host Patrick Kelch and we're going to do something a little different this week and hopefully we're going to make this a weekly thing where I can have on the hardest working man in the 10th region and Evan Dennison, and Evan of the Ledger Independent um, covers a lot of high school basketball games including the 10th region mainly and Evan thanks for coming on tonight and hopefully this is something we can do weekly because I know you know more about the 10th, the teams the players and almost anybody so I appreciate you coming on yeah man
1: i appreciate you having me um you know it's a always a fun time once basketball starts and uh you know once once everything gets rolling and the mixed things you know time flies by but I can always make time to talk to you and talk about some basketball i always enjoy it
0: yeah, now that I'm not coaching, I'm going to have to find time to talk basketball to people because, you know, I watched a lot of games this week, and I'm not going to say I miss it, but I do miss the camaraderie with the coaches, you know, getting a chance to talk to the media before and after games, and, you know, just to build those relationships, and this week, you know, getting it started it was kind of like Christmas morning here in the Bluegrass, and especially here within the 10th region, and it was a busy week in the 10th region. We had a lot of teams play, and after week one, which I don't know if this is due to parity, I don't know if this is due to tough scheduling, but we only got three teams in the 10th region that are undefeated after the first week. And, obviously, GRC went 2-0 this week. Um, I think Mason County also went 2-0 this week. And then Calvary Christian went 3-0. So, um, uh, what do you think that is? Do you think it's the parity in the 10th? Do you think it's the scheduling? Um, Normally, I think early in the year, we have a little bit more teams with a perfect record.
1: I think it's probably a mix of both you know, the, the parity, um, in terms of, you know, in region opponents, I think from team six or seven, all the way down to 14 or 15, there's a lot of parity there on any given night. Anyone can beat anybody. And then I think scheduling played a big part too, because, you know, a lot of these teams look like they went out of region and, uh, you know, played some upper tier region teams, uh, from, from around the state too. So, you know, those are fun games early for, for those teams to really gauge where they are. And then they kind of, you know, see where they can go from there. And then, you know, once you get into region and district play, that's kind of when you really start honing in on certain things. So uh, I think it's probably just a mixture of both. It's, just, you know, an accurate statement.
0: And one thing I noticed too was you look at the upper echelon of the 10th. And when I say upper echelon, I'm talking about GRC, Campbell, Mason, um, Scott, even Augusta, Harrison, those teams. Um, And it's still early on that, you know, the upper echelon could change by week two, by week three, just depending on what all happens. But, you know, like you said, Campbell County has played GRC and Cooper. That's, you know, they're 0-2, but look at the quality of opponents. Scott has played Connor and Walton Verona. Walton Verona is probably a favorite or at least top three team in the eighth. And then you go to GRC and of course they played Campbell, but um, Mason County, Has uh, Rowan and Fleming, and Rowan's been a 16th-region powerhouse. I know they lost a little bit from last year, but you know a lot of these teams are going out of region. Augusta played a very good, great crossing team yesterday. So um, maybe the going out of the region is something we're going to see a little bit more because I know when I coached, I always try to schedule every team in the 10th. Then that left very few games when you do home and home for out-of-region opponents. But uh, just uh, – I know you covered some games this week. Um, I know you've in your top ten rankings and things like that. Let's just kind of talk about the teams that you see right now that you feel are maybe ahead of the game, maybe behind schedule. You know, what have you seen so far? And it's only week one, so we'll probably kind of, I guess, overreact. But, you
1: know, personally, seeing um, – Four games, uh, four four boys games this week. Um, no, I'm sorry, three game, three boys games this week. I saw uh, Augusta play Robertson County um, on Tuesday night. Augusta play Lewis County on Thursday night. And then Mason County take on Fleming County Friday night. You know, those are the three that I personally saw. But, you know, outside of that, you know, you can look at scores and, and, and box scores and, and things like that and get a gauge, too. So, you know, early on, I think it's, you know, your usual suspects up top um i was a little bit surprised to see harrison county lose to ryle but you know ryle looks like they're gonna be a a tough ninth region opponent they shoot it really really well i know they hit uh i think 12 three-pointers in that game a good handful of threes and then um you know they came out against uh pendleton county on on saturday and and gave them kind of uh you know a good butt and they beat them by like 32 so um they look like they're gonna be a good ninth region opponent but you know inside the region you know clark they uh they went up to Campbell County, um, which, you know, you give props to them, the opening game of their season. They go on the road, take a big, long bus ride, and, and go up and beat the Campbells by double digits. And it looked like throughout that game they were up pretty comfortably. I know um, Campbell got off to a slow start. And GRC led, you know, looked like it between 6 and 12, 13 points throughout based off the updates. So, you know, I think they're a well-oiled machine. Um you know, Mason County looking at them, uh, I think they're going to take some time to, to adjust and catch up. They had um, five, six rotation guys that were still playing football just two weeks ago. So they're still trying to get their feet with them. They have an early season injury with Nate Mitchell. He averaged 17 points a game. He's an all-region player, uh, one of the probably the top ten players in the region. So without him, they're still trying to find their identity offensively. Um, but when you got a man child like Terrell Henry, um, he's dominated his first two games. He's a guy that does it all, whether it be scoring, rebounding, guarding the opponent, uh, best player, he even bring the floor up. And he even showed, a, you know, an outside range and hit, hit a three the other night, too. So uh, you got a guy like that and he's, they're going to be in the mix, I think, every game with the way they play it defensively. Um, while they struggled on the offensive end, they've really locked in on the defensive end not allowing more than 50 points their first two games. And, you know, you do that in a boys game, you're going to win a lot of your games. Um, You take those two, I think those are, you know, two of your creamier crop, Campbell County in that mix. Harrison County probably still has to get their legs with them too. I know they had a few football guys that are now, you know, kind of on the basketball court adjusting to things. And then, um, you know, you also look at Scott. They they lost, like you said, to Walton Verona and Cooper, Um, two very good teams in in the eighth and ninth regions. So still very early to gauge. Um, Augusta looked really good when I saw them play. They were at home. They they handled their business and I think did what they were supposed to do the first three games. Uh, Their fourth game in the week, which is a lot to ask the first week for a team, four games their first week and getting into things. And they go to a great, you know, play great crossing at Harrison County. And it looked like it was a two-point game. Uh, with about two minutes left in the third quarter. And then uh, Douglas pulled away – or not Douglas, I'm sorry. <laughs> my, uh, my girlfriend's fourth <laughs> dog came into the room with his sword. So, he caught me <laughs> off guard. Um, but, you know, Great Crossing, you know, they, they were within two in the, in the, with two minutes left in the third. And then uh, Great Crossing made their run. So, I think those are – you know, you're still going to be your top five, six teams. Uh, looks like Bracken County might be knocking on the door after a big win over Bourbon County Saturday night. And then uh, from there, it's it's still kind of very early to tell with, you know, playing out of region opponents and, and, and things like that.
0: Well, and co- touch on a couple of things you said. I think you hit the, the top five or six teams spot on, and that's who I would have as that as well. You know, the order of ours may change, but mm-hmm. I definitely think that's the top six. And I can also agree that anywhere between eight and 16 on any given day, those numbers, you know, those teams could change. I mean, they're just going to play each other and we'll kind of find out who's who. And, you know, there's a lot of teams who have potential to get a lot better with more time. We do have a lot of young players that, you know, especially teams like, for example, Robertson, who I'm most familiar with, when you lose eight seniors, it may take you a while for some of these kids who have never played a lot of varsity minutes kind of get, you know, their footing under them. But um, I was at the Augusta Great Crossing game yesterday and for three quarters, I think Augusta pretty well played them. Great Crossing has, you know, they're Vince Dawson is a man-child. Um, they have Michael Marino's younger brother, who's like a 6'11", freshman, sophomore, very young, size, quickness. But Augusta handled it, and I think the ultimate difference was Augusta played five or six guys, maybe seven. Um, Great Crossing subbed a lot more guys in, and I think just fatigue. You know, when you get pressed, you know, case and gets pressed full court for 32 minutes, without a break, you know, you're going to fatigue. And I think that's when they made their run. But, um, you know, Campbell and GRC starting the season off, you said you wanted to give your props. Yeah, because, you know, preseason, that's probably a lot of, a lot of people's one, two teams. And now Mason County has probably jumped Campbell County in my eyes just for how they started. And no knock to Campbell County because their two losses are quality losses. But um, the one thing about Campbell County is, and I've talked to Coach Russell before and, Coach Russell will not get rattled at all about an early season loss. They don't give him the name Mr. March for nothing. So you can't really count out Campbell County just yet just because they've lost two good games and two quality opponents. So um, the one thing I was going to mention, and, you know, we, uh, we're we both on Twitter. I'd say we're both pretty active on Twitter. Um, you know, when we talk about rankings and so forth, and our rankings don't mean nothing to those people out there watching. It's just our opinion, your opinion, my opinion. But somebody had Bracken County listed 13th in the uh, region coming in. And, um, I, to me that's just ludicrous. You said Bracken County was knocking on the door. I also had them at seventh this week. And, um, one thing I want to talk about and you mentioned to just how dynamic their backcourt is. Um, You know, early on against Holmes, I think uh, Blake still scored well. I think Caden had put on Twitter, you know, that he had missed some free throws or whatever. And, he, you know, he's going to get back in and work. And the one thing I know about those those two boys, you know, they're very strong mentally. One bad performance didn't go rattle either one of them. Caden bounces back against Bourbon County with 22. Blake scores 37. So, that led me to think when I knew I was going to talk to you, I definitely think they're one of the stronger backcourts in the 10th. But um, what other teams maybe have a backcourt that you can kind of because in my eyes, I think Blake and Caden are the two best with the way they control tempo, how well they can score, how well they feed um, off each other, how well they get their teammates involved. But what other backcourts in the 10th do you see that can probably uh, compare to that of what Brighton County has?
1: I mean, I think the only one that I'd probably put above them right now um, would be the one at George Rogers-Clark with Aiden Sloan and Jerome Morton. Because um, you're talking about a Division two and a Division one player right there, um, plus they're both upperclassmen, you yeah, know, with Sloan being a se- senior, Morton being a, uh, you know, SB 128 junior, um, so I think those are the only two that I'd probably put above them, but, uh, you know, a backcourt as a whole, it'd be, it'd be a struggle to find, you know, anyone else besides, you know, Blake and Caden Reed, um, because on any given night, uh, those two can go win a, a basketball game for you, regardless of the circumstances, uh, and they've shown they can do that. They showed it in the region tournament last year against Campbell County. and You know, they did come up a little bit short, but the game went to double overtime, and they were a shot away from winning that. So, uh, you know, it looked like they struggled shooting the ball uh, opening night against Holmes, and then, uh, you know, bounced back with the win over Bourbon County. And, uh, you know, like when those two can combine for 59, and, you know, keep in mind they're they're still without Deshaud Commodore, who's, you know, the guy that is, is their Mr. Intangible that does it all for him, uh, whether it be getting rebounds, uh, guarding the best opponent, steals, assists, um, you know, just deflections. He he does a lot for that team, and once they get him back, that'll help them too. Um, and what's you know, also kind
0: of what's also kind of impressive about them is if you go look, they're only playing six people right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I know at the scrimmage when I watched Bracken County and. Uh, they only had six people on the bench. You know, they didn't even have a couple other guys dressed. So that's something else that's kind of impressive, that they're able to play the defensive style that Coach Reed wants them to play, you know, stay out of foul trouble and, you know, enable to, you know, Bourbon County, that's a good home win for them and only play six guys.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, other backcourts that I would probably think of, you know, I think Augusta has a claim with Case and Henson. And then whether it be, you know, Chase Archibald and LJ Connor, you know, you throw those three in the mix. Uh, Kaysen's a do-it-all point guard that pretty much fills the stat sheet every given night. And, um, you know, it looks like, you know, early part of the season, you know, he's deferring to his teammates a lot more, which is is making them even more balanced because, you know, Kaysen could go for 25, 30 points on any given night. So he's kind of deferring and letting Riley Maston get his thing, letting Chase get some confidence in his shot, Connor Snap, you know, those guys like that. So, you know, th- that, that backcourt's really dangerous. Um, you know, and then I, I just think a backcourt as a whole, there's there's missing pieces on on maybe each individual team. Like, you know, Nate Mitchell's one of the best point guards, I think, in the region. But at, at their two-guard spot, I think they're still trying to find that guy. You know, last year it was A.P. Perry. He was that their shooting guard. He shot nearly for right at 50% from the three-point line. He was up there at the top of the state. They're still trying to figure out who that guy is, whether it be, you know, a Mason Butler, a Julius Booker, uh, a Christian Graham Walton, and it could be a collective effort and they're, they're probably happy with that, uh, you know, and a bunch of guys that are going to come in there, provide great defense like they do, and then they just got to get their, their scoring and just a little bit more on the offensive end from those guys, too.
0: Uh, well, I want to talk Go ahead. I was, was going to say I want to talk about a backcourt that most people don't know that I've had the option to watch for a few years, and that mm-hmm. is at Calvary. And yeah. this is even without Luke Rui, who averaged 20 points a game and will be their or their returning leading scorer when he gets back from injury. But they have two very nice guards, and Ethan Mulling and Gavin Usco. And right now, early on, they are three and zero. Granted, their their schedule to start the year hasn't been as strong, but you still got to go out and take care of business. They've done that. Mullings averaging 20.7 points per game. He's already signed and committed to Thomas Moore. And Gavin Euskal is averaging 18.3 points per game. And um, I'm not saying they're on the level of a Blake and Caden Reed or even, you know, uh, a Cason Henson and, you know, his counterpart. But, you know, those two guys have got off to a strong start this year in Calvary. And uh, once they get Luke Rui back, who kind of plays the 2-3 slash, you know, position, I think they're just going to be stronger. So, I mean, that's, that's the
1: what I'm thing that you- – Confused with Calvary because I didn't know if Rui was more considered like a wing, you know, a three, you know, a forward, small forward. So, well, I honestly forward, think I was thinking
0: strictly ones and twos, you know, but okay. I guess and he could honestly, be uh, Rui, I mean, he, he, he's kind of a mister to do everything for him too. He can rebound, he can score, and the pain, he attacks the basket, he can shoot the jumper. But, um, when I watched uh, Calvary play, you know, Nicholas County in that scrimmage, I was very impressed with and Yusko, and um, just how well they played together, their chemistry. They played extremely hard on both ends of the floor. But um, that's one thing about the 10th, and I'm going to let you talk a little bit about too. I mean, we could be on here all night talking about each team and each team's players and stuff. But um, talk about how – just how talented the 10th region is when it comes to individual basketball players. And that's why I've said, you know, it's hard for coaches – to rank a legitimate top ten players, because if you want to be honest, you could very easily rank five GRC kids, maybe three kids from Campbell with, you know, Des Davey, Aiden Hamilton, and Gross, who mm-hmm. also Gross and Hamilton could be in the backcourt conversation as well. But yeah. um, it'd be hard to rank just ten players in the 10th region because of the amount of talent we have. You're, I mean, you're exactly right. One more
1: thing on the backcourts. I didn't want right. to forget about Harrison County with Caden Custard and then another mixture of, you know, who's their shooting guard, whether it be Clay Carpenter or, I don't, you know, Braylon Hinton's probably more of a wing player. Um, I mean, you would have more familiarity with them. And then uh, also Campbell with Aiden Hamilton, where he kind of fits in that 2 3 mold. And then, you know, you, like you said with Gross, but I'll, I'll leave that one alone. I just want to make sure I mention those guys too.
0: Well, but, and the one thing, and the one thing about Harrison County and just kind of piggyback off what you said. Um, I was surprised at the Cats' polls this year and some other media outlets, how Caden Custer wasn't even ranked in the top 10 in the 10th region. So when I did my rankings for the podcast, I put him, because I definitely think he's a top 10 player. The kid, he's a fearless competitor. He scores well. He rebounds well. I mean, he can play defense. He's well on the ball, guarding his man. But um, I was kind of surprised that he's not getting the, the love he deserves, and that can kind of lead us into some of the other – talent we have here in the 10th so tell me about some of these guys
1: I mean you're exactly right I mean I I remember the 10th region basketball their their Twitter account put out the alumni list of of guys that are you know currently playing you know in uh in division one two three or you know NAIA and you know that list was pretty long I'm trying to pull it up here real quick um there's just a, a, a big group of guys you know that are on that list and then you also add in, you know, like, you know, we're getting ready to talk about the current guys. You know, there's four D1s um, Dante Allen, Brennan Canada, Spencer Mackey, and Braden May. Um, you know, three of those are preferred walk ons, but still, I think that's kind of a, you know, a testament to them. Then you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight eight D threes and then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 playing at the NAIA level. And then you've got the NJ, NJ, at CAA, which is like your Campbellsville Harrisburg and those guys. And it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. So, you know, 11 guys on, on that level. So you're talking 30 plus players that are still playing at the next level. Um, so, you know, the talent is definitely there and, you know, it's, it's crazy how much more talent there is now um, when you factor in, you know, the the, the prospects of, you know, the, the top 10 to 15 players, um, you know, whether you start with a Jerome Morton or a Justin Becker. Um, and then you go with – I mean, it, it's, the list goes on and on when you start with GRC because you've got Aiden Sloan, a Division two guy. Trent Edwards, I think with his intangibles, um, if he can maybe start developing more of an offensive game, can be, you know, a, a very possible D1 guy. Um, then you factor in Tanner Walton, who is another great player for GRC. And then, uh, you know, your individual guys on, um, you know, whether it be Campbell County, like you said, Des Davey, he had like a monster game against GRC. I think it was 20 – 22 points. And 18 rebounds. Yeah. So, you know, he's he's a monster. And you go to Augusta with Casey and Henson and Riley Maston. You go to Mason County with Terrell Henry and Nate Mitchell. You go to Bracken County with the Reed brothers, Blake and Caden. Um, you know, the list goes on and on. And I know I'm going to forget a guy here or there, Um, but uh it's just, it, it, there's, there's boatloads of talent. It, and that's why I think on every given night, you're going to have to bring your game because you're going to have a guy on that other team that can, you know, very possibly, you know, beat you single-handedly or, you know, help his team to, to a victory. So, you know, there's, there's talent up and down the, up, up and down the, the way. And, you know, I was, in your boat doing a, you know, preseason top 10 in my, in my notes here on my phone. And I struggled because, you know, there's, there's 15 guys that could be in that top 10. So it, 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 it's an interesting conversation and, you know, one that's, you know, very objective and people can, you know, see it one way or the other,
0: but the talent,
1: the talent is, is very well spread around.
0: Well, and one thing too, is we can ask 10 people to give us a top 10 list or we'll have 10 different lists. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody looks for uh different things to uh, classify a person as a top player in the region. You know, somebody may look at a Trent Edwards who may only score 14 a game, but he may get you 10 rebounds, four blocks, five or six deflections, or, you know, I know he scored 19 against Campbell County. I mean, he, he had a, an offensive outburst for what he normally does and I think if he continues that that makes GRC that much better and I know it's hard for me to fathom that they can be much better than what they are but I wasn't really counting on Trent Edwards to be one of their main offensive weapons but when you got seven guys and that's not even counting Sam Parrish yet who can yeah. lead the team in scoring on any given night there would just be hard to defend but um I'll tell you one guy that, you know, I'm interested in seeing, I didn't get a chance to see him this week when they came to Bracken County is Dijon Blunt from Bourbon County. Um, Mm -hmm. His coach spoke very highly of him. I saw where he scored 22 against uh, Bracken last night. Um, I didn't get his stats against Knox Central, um, another top team in the, uh, I think, 13th region that Bourbon County traveled to. Um, So I didn't really get a chance to see him play, but he's one of the guys that I'm really looking forward to watching play. You know, he's a new guy to the 10th, and um, just seeing how well he adjusts from coming from the 11th to the 10th. But um, every team that in the the, uh, 10th region probably has one or two players who feels like they deserve to be on the top player list. And hopefully as the season goes along, those things will shake out because, you know, after one week, sometimes, you know, when teams play opponents who aren't really up to par, the numbers will be a little inflated. You know, that's just the way it happens, and um, that's not knocking any of these guys because if you're going to go out and score 50 against a weaker opponent, you still got to put the ball in the basket. So I'm not knocking them, but those things will shake out as the season goes along. So um, anybody else you want to – that you maybe have thought of that, you know, I know we didn't talk about anybody from Montgomery County, but they got so many new players. I know Trey Carroll returns, and I know he scored – I think he's averaging 20 the first two games, but um, – Scott, I mean, Scott's got a load of talent down there as well with Cam Patterson, um, Nolan Hunter, Braden Powell, Mitchell Miner. But um, I was going to say the one thing with Scott, um, Cam Patterson through two games is only averaging 6.5 points per game. I think if they're going to reach their max potential, he's going to have to pick up his scoring.
1: Yeah, yeah, they'll need an increase from him, uh, you know, both uh, on both ends of the floor. And, you know, another football guy that, you know, is is probably, you know, had maybe – five practices, and, and now we're here, you know, asking them to play, you know, two, three games in a week real quickly. So I, I think, you know, the early numbers, it's, it's tough to tell, um, you know, get through December maybe, and then I, I think we'll start, you know, seeing who separates themselves this season in terms of, you know, top players in the region. And uh, I know you mentioned Montgomery County and, and Trey Carroll um, off to a good start. And they've got an eighth grader who, you know, I think if any folks around the 10th region – haven't heard his name yet they will eventually and that's Luke Vaughn's um and you know a lot of people that know the 10th region history would know his father and, and Billy Ray who was you know an, all, an all-time great um you know at Montgomery County and helped re- lead them to a regional title so um l- look out for that name and then also staying within the 40th district uh Malachi Ashford down at Paris um you know a lot of people know that last name at Paris, just because there's a rich you know, tradition with that last name and, you know, generations of players that have gone through the, you know, the Paris system um, with the last name of Ashford. So um, he's their leading scorer and, you know, he's just an eighth grader as well. So some some really good talent, um, you know, in the 40th district as far as the uh, the younger kids go. Um, so that, that that's, you know, just a couple names to, to kind of keep a keep
0: an eye on. Well, I want to uh, kind of extend what you said about Luke Fonds, and I won't drop the guy's name because I'm not so sure he'd feel comfortable with me doing it, but I talked to a guy on Twitter through direct message, and uh, he's from Montgomery County. His kid goes to Montgomery County, and he said on the record to me that he thinks that Luke Fonz will be the best player to ever come out of Mount Sterling by the time he graduates. And I wrote back and said, wow, that's pretty high praise with the rich history that Montgomery County has and producing good players and good teams. And he said that uh, he, he would stand by his comment. He said as an eighth grader, he's going to take some growing pains. You know, he said, but by the time he graduates from Montgomery County, he'll be the best player to ever come out of there. And I thought that was pretty high Here. praise for, for the kid.
1: Here's my question for you. How good was Omar Pruitt? I, I he, would, he had got – I I got here two years before he, he graduated, but I heard he was just a monster out there.
0: I saw Omar Pruitt at Augusta single-handedly, and Augusta was either leading or winning or playing him really tough, and about five or six straight trips near half court just pull up and just knock it down. I mean, he went D1 at William & Mary, so that kind of tells you he was – I mean, he was a great player, and he comes from a long – list of basketball tradition too i mean his mom i think played at kentucky or had some dude lee wise pruitt i think she had um played at kentucky and still very instrumental in their programs there at um, montgomery county and um you know like you mentioned with luke being you know the son of billy ray when people um play montgomery can they see that name in the tent they're all automatically going to make that connection um, and he's probably going to see boxing ones or some kind of junk defense by the time he's a freshman just based on the tradition or the history of his parents or his dad, I should say. I don't know his mother, but, um, but kind of talk with other eighth graders. Uh, I know Nicholas County is very high, and I talked to John Michael on uh, Preston Blake. He's already got good size. He's about six one or six two. I watched him in an eighth-grade game, and you could describe him as a man-child against other eighth-graders. He's not only six, one, six, two ish, but he's built pretty good. He's not lanky. He's not like real stick. He's kind of got a muscle to him and he just manhandled other eighth graders. And I know he's getting varsity time for coach Wrights at Nichols County. And when I saw him play in the scrimmage they had over there on the 27th, um, he looked pretty good. The pace of the game is something he's probably going to have to adjust to. And I look for him to do that. And the only way he's going to do that is get to more time at the varsity level. And, uh, Coach Wrights is very high on him, and his mom, who is Kim Dinkins, is another name that these 10th region legends are going to know, led Nicholas County to not only the All-A state title in 92, but also to the big state title. So um, they're going to be familiar with her name as well. So um, just another name we could add to the list.
1: Yeah, I mean, you you win a state title at Nicholas County, you know. (laughs) That's pretty impressive.
0: She I mean, probably never has to pay for a mill at tracks again, I would think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, um based on your preseason rankings and you know after week one, mm-hmm. do they change any? Is it too early? I know uh-huh. I had I had Campbell County at number two this preseason just because yeah. they were in the finals. They played um Clark County really well in the finals, down to a last-second shot. And I remember when I played against Coach Russell last year, he told me he was really high on his sophomore group, and he thought this year would be a year that he could potentially compete for another regional title. So, just based on that, I had them at number two. But after the first week, I dropped them to three, and I moved Mason up to two. Um, yeah, I had
1: I had Mason two and, and Campbell three before the season, and that's not going to change just yet. There's nothing that's warranted, I think, otherwise.
0: Right. And um and honestly, like we said, we could change seven through 16 every day, you know, but that's four, four seven,
1: seven this week was tough for me because, like I said, Harrison lost to, to Ryle. Um, Scott lost both their games. You know, I know they're tough opponents. Uh, Augusta went three and one. So do you bump them? But, you know, they kind of won. They beat who they were supposed to beat. So. The the four through seven was tough too, you know. And I think the only team I dropped a couple spots was was Bishop Rossert just because they their results kind of showed. You know, they they, they kind of struggled this week with losses to Ludlow and Newport. And,
0: and I'll be honest with you about Bishop Brossard, That kind of surprised me too. Um, not necessarily the loss, and um, but you know Ludlow also manhandled Pendleton pretty good, so Ludlow might be pretty good. I'm not mm-hmm. familiar with them. And then the loss to Newport, which I know Coach Snap's always a formidable uh, – has a formidable team, and he teaches toughness, physical, and mental. And so they're always a tough opponent. But when I talked to Coach um, Code in the podcast, he, he thought they might struggle a little bit early on. You know, they did lose point guard. Um, well, they lost their guard, Stephen Verst, as well as Carson Schirmer. Yeah, right so, I mean, he said they're still trying to figure out some pieces. He thought it could be a slow start for them. And then Do- David Govan played football, and they went pretty – I think they went to, what, the regional finals in football. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so those results may be a little misleading, but also understand – I think at one and two, I understand why they dropped. But also, um, they're an enigma for me. I don't really know where they fall in the – you know, anywhere between probably – I'd say five and eight or nine. I mean, I think they can get as high as five, but um, then I think again, Calvary they...
1: Christian falls in that same boat. You know, like we don't know. We want, we're not going to know about them for, for a while because they're, they're, I mean, they're, they're scheduled. Like you just, you look, they beat Heritage Academy by eight, St. Pat by 11. I mean, they do play Ludlow this week. So I guess that'll kind of give us a gauge of where they are, you know, because Ludlow's already played Pendleton County and, and Brossard. So, but until then, I mean, after that, I mean, Dayton, Middletown Christian, Heritage Academy, Bellevue, and then they go play at a Smoky Mountain Christmas Classic in Gatlinburg. So, I mean, we're not going to have any clue really about them until December 28th when they host Scott. Um, so, I, I honestly, I, I drop them a couple spots and <coughs> just because of the results. I mean, you know, St. Pat's still trying to build things up, but <laughs> – you know, it seemed like a competitive game if you only if you only won by eleven. So
0: right, I would think the way um the way myself and other media people have talked about Calvary preseason, I would think St. Pat probably feels pretty good about that game and you know where the program's growing and what Coach Moore's done for that program to kind of continue to you know move in the right direction. But um, it's you know I agree with you. Um, <laughs> so I moved Bracken up to seven,
1: um, and then had Calvary eight. MoCo9 and Bourbon10 to round out the uh, top 10?
0: Um, I actually had um, where we probably differ a little bit in that four to seven range. I put Augusta at four. Um, yeah, they beat the three teams they should have beat, but I was very encouraged about the way they played three quarters with great crossing. I think if maybe they get a couple, maybe two more guys off the bench to uh, maybe come in where they can spell Riley if you not necessarily a few minutes. I would say if you can get into the 30 seconds to a minute at the end of a couple quarters to where you can give Riley, keeping fresh at the end, the same thing with Kaysen. Maybe if we, if Jason can uh, get somebody he feels comfortable with handling the ball a few minutes here and there, maybe play Kaysen off the ball or where they can help against full court pressure. that Kaysen doesn't have to wear himself out. Um, but I've got them at four. I got Scott at five. Harrison County at six, and I went looking into Harrison County a little deeper. They're the one team I think could be a dark horse to kind of make maybe a, if it's the right draw, definitely make the semifinals of the region, and with a really, really good draw, maybe upset somebody to get to the finals. They've got a very good mixture of returning players, whether it be through the um, – the the senate bill or for covid with some great talent coming up i think they have a really good mixture and they got a great leader and coach brooks so um i also got bracken at seven i got uh, montgomery eight calvary nine and i put bourbon at 10 just because i don't know anything about them and um you know anybody else that's kind of 11 through 16 i didn't feel like done anything to capture that number 10 spot i could have went with my heart and went with robertson county um They went one and two this week. They did beat Paris. That score was a lot closer than what the game really was. I think they were up like 22-4 to at one time and Mm -hmm. seemed like they were handling Paris, and then they made a run. Um, Of course, they lost lost two games to uh, Augusta, and then they went down to uh, the Marshall County Hoop Fest and Murray, who would be a top-five team in the 10th. Handled them pretty good down there, but that was a great experience. Coach Massey said just to be able to play in the Marshall County Hoop Fest. So, um Basically I put our, a bit
1: our Harrison and Augusta are flipped, I think, and then just uh, I think Moco and uh, Calvary are flipped. And it's, it's strange
0: because on. in my preseason rankings, I had Harrison. I think I had Harrison fourth and Augusta sixth, and I've switched those two after the first week. But if you go look, Harrison County's lost to Oldham County and. I know the Ryles score kind of surprised you, but um Ryles seems to be playing really well out of the gate after what they did to Pendleton County. So um but um like I said, See, after we, I'll put
1: I'll put Augusta top five if
0: they win Friday against Mason County. <laughs> and you know that's one of the things I wanna do, a couple of things I wanna do before I let you go is I wanna yeah. um I want to talk about some top individual performances this week and who you saw and some of these individuals that have great games and also got a list of some week two games in the 10th region that we can look into for preview next week. So um, so in top individual performances this week, um, any come to mind? Yeah, you know, we mentioned Des Davies' uh, monster game against
1: GRC. Um, Riley Maston had uh, double-doubles in his first three games against St. Patrick, Robertson, and Lewis. Uh, Terrell Henry, um, you know, he combined for, I believe it was 55 points and 20, let's see here, 30 and 12 and then 25 and
0: eight. So 20, so So
1: 55 and 20. Yeah. 55 and, oh, actually he only had four rebounds against Rowan. Okay. So 55 and 16, it's still, you know, 27 and eight and then, um. Outside of that, who had big nights? Blake Reed, you know, 37 against uh, Bourbon County on Saturday night.
0: Uh, Who else are we going to be looking at? He also had uh, 28 against Holmes. He's averaging 32 and a half right now. Um, Mm -hmm. And a couple I wrote down is Jerome Morton had a double-double against Campbell. It was Mm -hmm. only 13 and 11, but I figure when you go 13 11 against a team like Campbell County, Pretty big performance. And Justin Becker had 42 and 16 against Paris. Yeah,
1: I don't know why I did not mention Justin Becker. Obviously, he's he's there. I, I saw him drop, uh, I think it was 37 and 18 against Augusta. So, you know, he's going he's to put up monster numbers all, all year. I think he'll lead the state in scoring. I don't think that'll be uh, any surprise. And then he very well could, could lead the state in rebounding too. But
0: um, you mentioned, and I don't think he gets enough credit, and I don't think we talk about him enough, um, fr- from a region standpoint, not just, you know, with me and you, but for Riley Mastin, um, he's a different player already this year than what I noticed last year. It seems like he's dropped a few pounds. He's gotten quicker. It seems to me like he's way more aggressive going to the basket. Um, his mid-range jump shot's pure. Um, he shoots well from the free throw line. He's rebounding at a, at a much higher clip than what he has in the past. And I just think Riley Maston probably needs to be talked about a little bit more than what he has been.
1: Yeah, Coach. You know, Coach Henson said he slimmed down probably about 5, 10 pounds in the off season. I uh, said he think he grew an inch or two, <laughs> so he's a lot uh, thinner and quicker. Uh, and I I could tell just by looking at clips on, on going to get the rebounds. You know, he's getting around people and, and getting the ball quick. And you know, he's 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 a dangerous guy because he's got a nice mid range too. So he's he's up there in the conversation with you know the Dez Davies and the Trent Edwards as. You know some of the best big men in, in the region. I think,
0: and I'll be honest with you against Great Crossing yesterday, and like I said, you know earlier, the Marino um, kid, he's about a six eleven. They had another kid that was about six nine, and they even had a six six guy, and they even put Dawson, who's probably six three six four guard, on Riley at times, and he he really had his way with them. But all three of those guys had uh, three of the four guys had two or more fouls. That, at halftime, um, he would take him out. He hit a mid-range jumper. They'd kind of close that gap in space. He'd pump fake. He'd drive around him. He would attack aggressively, finish at the rim, or get to the free throw line. And this is a kid who led the state in free throw shooting as an eighth grader. So you know when he goes to the line, you're almost surrendering you know, two points. So um, Riley Masson's one kid who I'm anxious to see how the season goes as a whole. But right now, after what I've seen, he's definitely a top-ten player in the region. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely made his case the first week of the season, no doubt. Um, just uh, before I get into some week two games, just kind of talk about, you know, with the All-A. Um, do you feel like the Augusta-Bracken game – does that does that game right there? The winner of that game, do they become the favorite? I know Brosser's always will have something to say about it. And in January, they're going to be a different team than what they are in the first week of December. But I'm not so sure this is one of the same typical Brosser teams we've been accustomed to in the past.
1: Yeah, first week of the season, that's very fair to say. I think the Augusta Bracken winner will be looking at uh, you know the Calvary Robertson winner in the final. You know, based off the early season results. I mean, they're still. A month and month, almost a month to the day when that tournament really gets kicked off. So, uh, but yeah, I mean those those two, I think you know, with it both being in their county, they're both going to have big big crowd followings for those games. So, the winner of that game, I think, will have the upper hand to you know claim the 10th regional LA title.
0: I want to just tell those people listening tonight and uh, or listening when I put it up. If you're listening, that game's at 5:30, I think, on a Saturday. You might want to get there for the twelve o'clock games and keep your seat all day because I promise you, come five thirty for Augusta and Bracken, that place will be packed. And um, those kids deserve that atmosphere after what they've put up with the last eighteen months with COVID. They deserve that atmosphere. It's going to be probably one of the better atmospheres all year long, um, except for what you'll get in the tenth region tournament at the Field House. But uh, you know, Class A basketball can produce some good basketball as well. Some great atmosphere so that if you're listening get there early that day because if you'll want to see you'll have to but um all right week two games i've not wrote down any i just wrote down a few that maybe need to draw some attention i want to mention that on saturday and this is kind of towards the end of week two the mike murph the mike murphy classic in mason county and i know the people listening will be familiar with mike murphy and all he's done for mason county not only you know, just as a contributor, all the help he's done, even as a baseball coach at Mason County. Just a very special man to the entire county. And uh, it's great that Mason County having a, uh, a little classic there to honor him. So um, um, we'll kind of finish up with that because I want you to tell us about the games that are going on there. But uh, um, Tuesday, December 7th, we got Harrison County at Scott County. I think that's a game right there where Harrison County can um, maybe kind of show the 10th what potential it has. I know I've heard from several people that Scott County is not as good as they've been in the past says that all the players are going to great crossing now. Um, I don't know how that works with boundaries and enrollment, but that's a game that I think could probably do uh, Harrison County some, some good.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a chance to, to win against a, uh, you know, a usual top flight program in the state and an 11th region opponent. That's it's always in the mix to, to win that region um I think on that same day you got George Rogers Clark taking on maybe the 11th region favorite in Madison Central which will be one heck of a game as well um yeah I, I wrote that game
0: down too because that's a game that I feel like um and with some of the other outside things that have happened here in the past couple of weeks with Hagan Harrison and um that's a whole nother podcast and I don't know details on that don't want to get into that but um I still know Madison Central with or without Hagan Harrison is probably still a uh, one of the favorites to win the 11th. So, that will give a good test for GRC.
1: Yeah, that. And, you know, just going back to Monday, Brostered pen, uh, at Pendleton, I think that will give us a good gauge of who's knocking on the door of being a top-10 team in the region. So I think they're both kind of in the maybe the, you know, 10 to 14 mix in terms of rankings. Um, outside of that, you know, Nicholas County, let's see what they're made of on Tuesday when they go play in Brooksville at Bracken County. And then, um, you know, Bourbon at Mason also on Tuesday night. Mason's home opener. Um, you know, that, that'll be an intriguing matchup because both love to push the tempo. Both have a, a good slew of guards that they can, um, you know, employ. And I know you mentioned DJ Blunt, who, uh, you know, I think he had what, 22 um, last night. So. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be curious to see how he handles, you know, Mason County's pressure. Um, you know, forward to Wednesday, you know, Campbell at Newport. I think that'll be kind of a gauge of, you know, where where, where Campbell County is. Um, and then, you know, you fast forward to uh, –
0: Thursday, uh, not really much. Too well, much. The, one, the one thing I did write down for Thursday, and you already mentioned previously, was I wrote down Calvary at Ludlow just for the simple fact that we yeah. don't know a lot about Calvary. And where Ludlow has already beat Pendleton County and Brossert, this will kind of give us a gauge is, you know, is Calvary right there with Brosser and Pendleton County? Are they a step ahead of them or yeah. are they not there yet? So, I just – that's the only game I wrote down for Thursday just for the simple fact that I think it will give us more of an idea of where Cal- Calvary's at right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, that's a great point. Um, and then, you know, you look at Friday night, I think uh, it will be another good good test in the region. Uh, you know, actually it's, it's a district game that isn't seated, But, you know, again, that's for a whole other podcast you know, Augusta at Mason County, uh, Mason County celebrating Maysville Bulldog Night. They're going to they're gonna put on the old Maysville jerseys and have a video, you know, tributing the old high school that, you know, truly was, you know, back in the, you know, back in the day was the Class A school. You know, they, if that school was still around, they would still be running the Class A in, in the region. And uh, you know they would be also a, a region power. But, uh, you know, when they consolidated in 1992 and then formed into Mason County, all as one school. The rest is history from there because they've got, you know, 15 region titles, I think, in that time frame. So
0: Well, and um, I also want to mention, too, that uh, kudos to uh, Mason County and Coach Kirk, and I think Jordan Gilbert probably had a hand in in the athletic department of recognizing, you know, I don't think the Mason County history can be talked about without mentioning the Maysville Bulldogs. And I hope um, – hopefully Maysville will have a great contingency show up there. I know a lot of those guys, my dad, you know, I grew up in the region and my dad told me a lot about those players from Mason County or Maysville. I'm sorry. And, you know, just how good the Bulldogs were. And um, I think one of the first 10th region games I saw was Mays- Maysville in the regional tournament. You know, I, I think it was 90, was it 92? Yeah. 91, 91, 91. Yeah, I think that was the last time. And of course that was the year they consolidated, but that's one of the last, you know, few games I remember, but I remember names like Jerome Turner and, um yeah. my dad told me about Skeet Smith and Fred Walker. Fred Walker actually got inducted into the 10th Region Hall of, Hall of Fame the same time my dad did. So um, I'm familiar with those guys. So hopefully they have a good turnout. I'm bummed that I can't be there that night. Um, Robertson County has a home game, and I've agreed to broadcast on the NFH net- network the home games um, for the boys just for me to stay a part of basketball. But I want to give kudos to Mason County for making that happen. And I'm going to have to see some really good pictures, of these black and gold jerseys, because I'm excited to see it. Well, I'll definitely be snapping a <laughs> few.
1: Also, on that night, you know, you got another district game, Bourbon County in Paris. You know, you got uh, coaches George Baker and Lamont Campbell that you know throw throw shots at each other. They're they're good friends, good buddies from you know Lexington area. So,
0: and I think both teams have players from the other team. <laughs> well, I do know. I, I I may have jumped the gun. I know that uh, Coach Campbell at Bourbon County has a couple players yeah. that were from Paris. So, I don't know if that has been reciprocated or not, but it's kind of like, you know, Bracken and Augusta. Yeah. You know, a lot of times these players will go back and forth between schools, and they are in the same county. So, not only, you know, a district game, but also a rivalry game there.
1: Yeah, and then you got Harrison Brossard that night, too. I think, you know, we really get a good gauge of what Harrison and Brossard are this week in terms of, you know, playing uh, in the region and, and, and some out-of-region tough opponents. So, yeah. Uh, you know, outside of that, Saturday, uh, looks like it's a loaded day. I think, mean, you know.
0: Campbell County goes to NC – or Campbell County has Newport Central Catholic on Saturday. I know that's an out-of-region team, but Newport Central Catholic's one of those teams who has a rich tradition of being competitive in the ninth region and being in that upper half of the ninth. So, I think that will be a good test for Campbell County. But the thing that stuck out to me about Saturday is the Mike Murphy Classic. And I know you're probably familiar with that being – you know, a part of the ledger, you've probably posted that schedule a few times. So, tell us about what's going on there at the Mike Murphy on Saturday.
1: Yeah, Mike Murphy um, should be, a you know, a, a great day of basketball. There's there's four games that day. It starts off with, uh, you know, Pendleton County playing Greenup County. Uh, I believe that game is at 3 p.m. Um, and then you go from there. Uh, the second of the four games is uh, Scott versus Russell, which should be another – good 10th versus 16th region matchup. Um, You know, Russell's, I think, up there. Probably the top five of the 16th region. Same with Scott. Um, The 6 o'clock game will be Augusta versus Felicity Franklin. Jason Thompson actually coaches Felicity up in Ohio, and uh, he played at Ripley High School in Ohio. And, you know, he's been a part of, you know, Mason County, um, their middle school program. He, He coached them, you know, a few years back and whatnot. And I know he's ran camps. He's always at the Darius Miller, Chris Lofton camp. So, that'll be a special game to him um, just being, you know, from around the area and, you know, his kids get to play at the field house. I'm sure those kids have never seen it over in Felicity. Um, and then the, the night cap, which I think will be a really good game is uh, Mason County and Pikeville. You know, Pikeville's always, you know, a, a tough, um, you know, 15th region team. Uh, they've, they've made the state tournament, you know, a few times in the past few years. So, uh, you know, that'll be a, a great, a great game. Um, as is, well. Pikeville, is Pikeville an A school?
0: Yes, mm-hmm. that's hard for me to believe. As dominant as they are in all sports,
1: yeah, I mean they're just uh they're machine. You know, I mean they're they're good in pretty much everything that they play. So that should be a really good game. They they beat Martin County. It looks uh, in their opener, seventy four to sixteen. I know Martin County is usually you know pretty decent. So. They
0: they got one of the better point guards in the state, and Brady Dingus. I mean he's real nice. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, Yeah, and uh, you know Pipe will be tough. I mean they, they they've got a good team, so.
0: Um, and they're probably going to be well coached well disciplined fundamental so i definitely think it'll be a great test for mason county and
1: yeah it'll be a cool game for kelly wells too um his his son mason is a freshman on bifel's team and you know anybody that knows you know 10th region basketball obviously knows the name kelly wells and what he was able to do at mason county and, and, and guiding them to a state title in 2003 and uh from what I understand, um, he'll he'll be in attendance, and I believe they're they they might be doing something for him uh, that night as well. So it'll be a busy weekend at the Fieldhouse. You know, Friday night. Well, with, uh, I hope that's weekend. not a secret. Uh, you know, I, I know Kelly will be there. Um, I'm just not a hundred percent sure on on what exactly
0: is is, is going to happen that night. So, I mean, I'm not so sure Kelly Wells will listen to the podcast, but I don't I don't want to be the I don't want to be the one dropping bombs, no, Denison no.
1: bombs, and. I just know he'll be there. So I don't know if they were planning on doing something for him. Or, or.
0: Well, if they are, it's well-deserved for what he's done for Mason County. And, um, just a great all around person, not even, not even his basketball coaching ability, which is outstanding as well, but, uh, also just, you know, as a human being and just a great guy all the way around. So that I'm hoping to make it over there that day. Cause I think it's going to be four good games of basketball. And, um, but you, um, about with Mason one thing as well. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I know you mentioned Mason County it was two. Oh,
1: I think they're three and oh because of the COVID cancellation type deals. Yeah, you're where right. They, it's being handled like football, where if a team cannot play and has to cancel for COVID, it's, it's considered a forfeit.
0: And I'll be um, honest with you the reason I said two and oh was I honestly don't like that because if that cuts down a team's stats, you know, you look at you know, say Terrell, who who you said had 55 points through two games, that's, you know, 27 and a half points a game. But if you do that 55 divided by three because they won one to nothing due to a COVID cancellation, that's that's kind of – that's tough. I don't know how that's going to affect the stats, yeah, but that's I not
1: – I hope that's not the case. I, I honestly don't think it will, but I'm not 100% sure.
0: Hopefully they'll and, just go by games played. Well, I didn't know, too, if um, Mason County and whoever the well, – who was it, Russell, did you say? Mm-hmm. Who's I don't I didn't know if they planned on rescheduling that game or if it was just a postponing. If they was gonna try to fit it in later in the year,
1: they were supposed to play Bell County in the um, oh, Bell County Thirteenth Region Media Network Classic. Um, so that game won't get rescheduled. I mean, there, there's just no way. It was just one of those one day classic type deals. Um, you know, maybe Mason County will try and. Pick up a game, but I don't. Right. You know, that's where there's a gray area, too. Where yeah. I've Cause gotta, you're
0: only allowed 30 games. Does this count against your total number of games? Yeah. That's what I'm not sure. And I mean,
1: you know, I, I talked to Coach Kirk on, on Saturday about it. And, you know, he, he said, you know, they, they don't care. I mean, about the COVID thing. They, you know, as far as the cancellation and getting the win, they, they'd rather play a game. You know, they're not worried about a win in December
0: 6th or 5th. And I, you know? th- and I think if you talk to every coach in the, uh, 10th region, they're going to say they'd rather play a game where they can help them and make them better for postseason play than to take a COVID cancellation victory. So, yeah, that's, just, that's tough. But I just wonder how that's going to work. You brought a good point, too. Surely it can't count against your total number of allotment of games, and it surely shouldn't count against the kids and their individual stats because if so, you're taking basically, you know, points and rebounds away from a kid because they didn't get to actually compete in the game. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird dynamic, and hopefully, like I said, it's just going to be based off games played and not
0: total games. Well, um, so after week two, we should probably have a little bit better gauge of where some of these teams are. I don't think – I think it will make it easier for conversation next week. And, um Anything else you want to add before we go? Is there anything? I know you mentioned something about Mason County and Nate Mitchell. Do you have any updates on Nate that you can – if you can't spill it, don't spill it. I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I'm not trying to – you know, if you don't know anything, that's fine too. I just know that uh, he's a very integral part of Mason County's team and he can be the difference in a regional championship or maybe even a, a first round out.
1: Uh, you know i just know his recovery is i think going a lot faster than what might be expected i think initially he was diagnosed with a 4 to 6 week injury um here we are i think it's going to be approaching week 3 and you know at, at saturday when i was you know at at the gym looked like he was you know able to kind of move around on it but there's no set timetable on what day he'll you know return you know maybe there'll be some sort of minutes restriction or uh has to has to have a certain number of practices pain-free before he can play but you know I, I would definitely think he he's going to be coming back quicker than expected um as far as the exact date I, I do not know I know they got a busy week with three games this week so I'd imagine he'll he'll be back you know within the next you know week or two depending on how you know his treatment reacts and everything but it looks like he's ahead of schedule which is great news I mean he's a senior I mean no kid wants to sit out their senior year to an injury and uh, I think he feels very fortunate about it and talking to him and, you know, he's been very upbeat about it. And, uh, you know, I, I think he'll be, he'll be back in the mix, you know, before we all know it.
0: Well, we, you know, as well as I do, we all want to wish him a speedy recovery and get back as soon as he can, but also know coach Kirk. And I know how his thought process is. He'd rather have him three weeks from now than now. So um, I'm sure he's probably being cautious and taking that day by day and kind of letting Nate, maybe his pain and doctor's, judge and not trying to rush him back so best wish speedy recovery to him um any other injuries in the tent that are significant that we i can't think of any right now i think everybody seems to be pretty healthy i know robertson county has uh jacob burden um a junior about six five who's really progressed uh dunking the ball two-handed now capable of averaging anywhere between 12 and 15 points a game and he would be a huge help to um justin becker and the Robertson County black devils just with his ability to score and rebound. And I think he's supposed to be coming back maybe this coming week or something. He's been jumping and moving pain-free. So, um, but other than that, I don't think I know of any injuries to report or anything that is significant across Uh the region.
1: Outside of, you know, just shot Commodore. um, He's got that broken hand he's dealing with, which I think he um, goes to doctors this week to see kind of his timetable and when he's back. But, I think initially before the season started, they weren't expecting him to miss but more than a couple weeks into the season. so
0: I think Coach Reed would probably just make sure he'd like to have him back for the All-A. Right, yeah. Just another body and, you know, somebody who can defend and maybe rebound or at least body up with somebody like a Riley. that, you know, just another body that they can throw out there. But
1: Yeah, I mean, fortunately, other than that, I haven't really seen or heard of, if any, you know, significant injuries, knock on wood. Um, you know, I, I know... You know, I think that's that's pretty much it in terms of significant injuries or uh, guys that might be out for a while. Let's just hope it
0: stays that way. Right, and, you know, I I look across there and I see where teams are playing four games a week, and I just um, – but, you know, after the COVID last year, I think some coaches took the philosophy of we got to try to get our games in when we can because we don't know when it's going to stop, and – um. I think the state's done a really good job of putting measures in place. I knew uh, I know um, I was talking to somebody yesterday. I can't remember who it was or when it was. I think it was yesterday It may have been even earlier this week. they're doing a test to play program. Have you heard about the test to play program? I haven't no. Well, it's kind of like what schools are doing. I know Augusta does it. Robertson's doing it. It's like a test-to-stay program where um, if you've been exposed to COVID, not not tested positive, but just exposure, you can come to school. It's provided on site. It's like um, you'll test, and if you're negative, you stay. you got to do that five days in a row. If you test negative five days, you stay. And I, there was some school telling me about doing a test-to-play program where they – you know, if a team – and they're doing it solely because – um, they don't want to admit, like, for example, if um, Robertson was playing Mason and Mason County had a kid test positive, the Robertson could do the test to play program just because they were exposed, they could test the play. And long as they're testing negative, they can continue to play. I like that. I mean, yeah, I do too. And I'm hoping more teams, I can't remember the coach that told me they were going to do that though.
1: Mm.
0: But either okay, here or I'll, there, I like, hope, I hope a lot, of, yeah. I hope a lot of schools or teams implement that because I don't want to see any COVID cancellations uh, after eight, 18 months of this, I'm ready for it to, you know, be gone and be done. And hopefully teams can get a full season in, you know, we get a regional tournament in and able to get a full state tournament in with fans and give these kids the atmosphere they deserve.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think we'll be good there. It's just, you know, it's just, I think individual teams, you just got to hope for the best and not have to you know quarantine for a certain amount of days or weeks and, Miss practice in game time. I mean, that's just a, a coach's nightmare is, you know, staying out of routine. You want to, you know, I'll be always stay in routine and
0: not break that uh, you know, habitat that you or habit that you kind of do. All right. Well, we've been on here probably close to 45 minutes to an hour. I'm not keeping track, but I kind of <laughs> know when we started and I don't like yeah. to keep any longer than that. So do you have anything else that we haven't talked about that you want to mention or anything?
1: No, I think we're good. I mean, uh looking forward to, you know keeping up on, on doing this and keeping up with the region and, you know, hopefully I'll see you guys at a, at a game, uh, you know, near
0: you. Right. And uh, um, hopefully this week, I'm hoping definitely to be over there Saturday because I can't make Friday, but uh, once again, guys, this is something we plan on doing every week, maybe review the week before, highlight some teams, players, preview the next week. And uh, Evan, thanks for coming on with me tonight. I appreciate it. All right, thanks for having me. Appreciate it, PK. That was Evan Dennison of Ledger Independent. And as I said before, this is something we're hoping to do weekly to give you, the listeners, kind of something to look forward to each week, reviewing the week before and also previewing the week ahead. And as I tell you all every week, thank you guys for listening. Stay tuned and stay hot.